0: Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand. warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman. How you doing out there, everybody? You uh, you scared of the coronavirus, are you? you you've been fighting people in supermarkets, have you? Oh you stupid stupid people you have you have more danger of opiates dying of opiates these days okay a lot of people c- contract this coronavirus this covid-19 the wuhan virus the yellow scourge as uh andrew Clavin calls it the uh it's uh it's uh it's not it's not that fatal you know people are saying like maybe in wuhan the um you know you, you know there it had some sort of uh a viral you know pathology lab or something like that and they're kind of engineering these biological super weapons and i'll have to tell you if this is what china's got i mean pfft, that's no big deal think about that like if you're if you're engineering a bioweapon and the the uh the infection rate may be very high but the uh the mortality rate is extremely low that's a shitty that's a shitty bioweapon and pfft, so think about that Think about that. You have you you are more likely probably to get hit uh, hit by a car or get into a car accident. Oh, EK has something to say.
1: Um only only a minor thing. Okay. So like the you know, the mortality rate is really low and it's also very specific. Like it's like the elderly, the elderly. And people with people with like heart problems or weakened immune systems. Yeah,
0: and it's not so much it's, kids either.
1: It's like survival of the fittest is attacking and people are panicking.
0: Yeah, well it makes you wonder is this the kind of uh uh, pathological agent that China's been working on or just they they really hate this old people the they really yeah they really hate the boomer generation they're mad maybe that's what it is uh,
1: some young millennial scientists going okay boomer
0: yep exactly whatever it's just boomers i'm i'm sorry boomers if you listen to this podcast but uh you probably don't you, you don't even know what podcasts are <laughs> Sorry. Uh yeah, so we usually start with our weekends. What's going on with me? Oh, I've been I've been getting a zit in the inside of my ear because I'm a dirty white boy and uh and I'm wearing ear pods all the time. And you know how it is if you're a dirty white boy. Dirty white boy. It has to happen. The um if you're a dirty white boy, you may get a zit in your ear. So now I I know this might be gross and stuff like that, but you know you don't want to mess with it too much. You don't want to mess with it too much because, you know, that thing, if you, like, try to pop it on your own, that's, like, almost, like, it's almost like uh, slitting your wrist. It's, like, sometimes you don't know if you have the will to actually cut deep enough into your wrist. You know, sometimes you have that thought, and sometimes you have that thought. It's, like, I don't want to be the one who sets this thing off. I'd rather wake up in the middle of the night like I heard a gunshot, and I wake up, and it's, like, oh, my, my ear's all gooey. I, I missed it. That's the, best, that's the best thing that can happen when it comes to a zit inside your ear. So uh, I'm sorry for getting a little gross, but hey, it's happened to us all, right? Unless you're not a dirty white boy. What else? I've been catching up on Netflix. So I watched this really great, really great movie on Netflix, and I highly recommend it to you. It's called Freaks. Now, it's basically, it's in this world where super, superpowers develop. People start getting uh, superpowers. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to talk too much about the plotline because it, the plotline is excellent. It's really well written, uh, even though it's, uh, it's 60% feminist and 40% masculine. Uh, but it is 100% family, pro-family, you know. Um, but the whole idea of, of, of the superpowers manifesting is a metaphor. It's always been a metaphor when it comes to when comic books came out and all these people like superpowers. Superman was like uh, the idea of the Ubermensch. I think that Nietzsche um you can correct me if I if I'm wrong. I think Nietzsche talked about the uh the Superman, the uh this this concept, and a couple of Jewish guys came to the United States and New York and created this guy called Superman. Literally Superman. And so uh yeah, email me at madman at fxbgpr.com if I'm getting any of this any of this wrong because I don't have a mail mailbag today. Nobody wrote me. <laughs> I feel so lonely this week. Anyway, so I watched this movie, Freaks, on Netflix. And um, see, the whole idea of the metaphor of superpowers evolving is that it is a weapon. Um, and they even discuss this in the X-Men movies. It's more, it's more pronounced in like mutant, mutant dramas where it's like start pop, the population, you know, starts becoming homo superior like in the comic books. And uh, there is a segment of the population and they start talking about how uh, Cro-Magnon Man was wiped out by, the, by Homo erectus and so forth. And, and that's just the way that evolution, evolution goes. And so there may be this time where there is this uh, superior... Uh, evolution happening in mankind and then all of a sudden you got people with weapons running around. They talk about this in the X-Men movies. It's like, yeah, I'm talking I'm you know, people who can teleport in, into a vault, steal all the money. These are weapons. But it's always been a metaphor b- for what Batman is, for what the Punisher is. People who don't have superpowers are very interesting in comic books because they are a superhero. Like, Batman is considered a quote-unquote superhero. He hangs with the Justice League. He's best budged with Superman and so forth. But he's only human. And so what the superpowers are is a a metaphor for the ability of anybody who has a brain and two good hands, even one good hand. Hell, Stephen Hawking was a supervillain in some of my role-playing games, okay? Just because it's fun to, you know, make him... A little bit more fun. I'm sure he would have enjoyed that kind of role-playing game. (laughs) I'm the super villain. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely, Steve. I'll be the wheelinator. You can come up with a better name than that, dude. Anyway. So the idea of these, like, these human beings having a weapon is very much a metaphor for what your head and your hands can do as a human being, and it doesn't matter what gender you identify as, you know, you have a weapon, if you have a thinking capable mind and you have hands that can execute actions and execute your, your plans and your, uh, the toil that you need to put in for your life, the, the toil you need to put up to fight evil, you know, if you have that, that's a metaphor for everything you have, y- your ability, and it's in, in many ways it's, it's like a, a great equalizer, like they say the Colt Revolver was the, um, it made all, all men equal. And the Colt Revolver uh, made all men equal, and it, it made all men equal, and that included uh, minorities like uh, uh, Chinamen, <laughs> excuse me, Asians that were in America at the time. The, uh, the uh, recently, I think it was, yeah, the recently freed slaves, obviously. And it's, it was an equalizer. It was like, even women were able to use the Colt Revolver and defend themselves. you know. And that's what uh, I think the whole two-way thing, the Second Amendment thing is all about, is like, you, you have the capability to protect yourself. You have the capability to fight evil, even if your government is the evil person. That's the whole point of the Second Amendment, is that some, if, the, if the government gets, gets too tyrannical, you have these things just in case. Nobody wants that to happen, obviously, but this is the point of being a capable, like owning, owning the right to defend yourself and the, and the people you love, you know? So anyway, go watch Freaks, because it has nothing to do with anything I just said. I do think it's an excellent story. I will say I'll give it 11 out of 13 stars. And that's a pretty high rating for me, if you know me. And um, I have a couple problems with it. And like I said at the beginning, it's 60% feminist and 40% masculine. And at the end of it, there was this um, couple times where uh, the dad said, hey, you shouldn't do that to the daughter. And he's right. She shouldn't be doing that. You, you shouldn't be doing that, little girl. I don't care how powerful foul, how powerful you are or anything like that. You shouldn't be doing that. So I gave it 11 of 13 stars, um, and it's minus two stars for making me think that uh, overtaking anyone's free will is ever justified. Bastards. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I'm catching up on, on Netflix myself, and I thought that that was an excellent movie. It was an excellent super, superhero movie in, in comparison to... Uh, uh the f- superhero like uh the infinity war. Ugh the stuff that's coming out now, is just such shit. And the freaks was excellent. We got someone in the chat room, what are you grimacing at?
1: Uh because you're catching up on Netflix. Yeah, mm. I saw his post too. <laughs> <laughs> Counts back open. Password's the same. You're welcome.
0: What? Like, Mike's post. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, so uh Ooh, I'm sorry about that. Um so everyone who joins the US military, everyone, I I believe, watches Full Metal Jacket before they go in. And um, many years after that I've experienced I've experienced boot camp. I was like, I don't know what to do. I want to watch any 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 kind of movie that has boot camp in it. We rented from the video store and so forth. And so and so of course Full Metal Jacket was one of those. That's probably the number one movie when it comes to I'm about to go into boot camp, what do I need to expect? And I'll tell you honestly, I was very happy that I didn't have to deal with a crazy uh, shipmate who had who snuck and got a rifle and ended up killing our RDC. Um, and I think that's, now that I'm looking back at it, I think it's kind of the point of Full Metal Jacket and like why people watch that movie before they join the military and go to boot camp. It's probably because... Um, your entire experience at boot camp will be washed in luxury in comparison to the boot camp experience that the jo- that Joker experiences in his boot camp experience. Now, there was a hard cut between, like, it went straight to Vietnam after Arlie Ermey got shot in that movie. And But knowing what I know about the military, I mean, Joker must have had been sitting around for, like, uh, six months as a trial and everything like that, showing up as witnesses, going to the judge advocate general and all that, and... and uh, <laughs> having to talk to people and uh uh give his wit- witness testimony and stuff like that it must have been a nightmare getting over it. <laughs> and then, but all of a sudden boom you're in um whatever and so i think that that's, that's kind of the point of full metal jacket is that like only stanley kubrick could come up with the worst possible outcome for a boot camp experience ever and and, and that's why i think people could look back at that movie especially if you if you served in the military you could see that like how different your boot camp experience was than jokers. And so uh I'm not saying that people were punched or anything like that in um in boot camp when I was there. I don't I don't know the la- when they stopped doing that. Um there was a time where they would punch you and stuff like that, especially if you're out of line. And uh in many ways, uh I, I'm not against that at all. But um when I was in boot camp there was nobody punching anybody. There was no RDCs punching anybody. Um, I did see an RDC with a black eye in boot camp, and so it made me wonder. It's like some some recruit stole on them, and then all of now they have. So if like somebody aggresses, like if a recruit attacks physically attacks an RDC, then it's hands off. You can do it to take them down, whatever it takes to subdue them, and then they throw them in jail and gets a dishonorable discharge and like good luck getting a job other than washing dishes ever again. So. I think, about, I think about those guys sometimes who joined, who joined, went in the Navy or went in the Marine Corps or something like that and just had enough one day. And it's just like, you don't know who I am. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've seen. I'm from the streets. And then you steal on them. And the next thing you know, you got to be a criminal. you got to be. Because there's no other lucrative career path for you if you get a dishonorable on discharge. I'm sure you can become an entrepreneur, you know, off your drug proceeds and so forth. You can invest in other things like vending machines or maybe an ice cream truck. Not that I know anything about criminal enterprises. So that's just my opinion on Full Metal Jacket. Just the first part of it, the boot camp part of it. Ooh, spoiler alert. Kristen shot J.R. Now, I think it was uh, what was interesting about Kristen. I know. I'm sorry to ruin it for you. But Kristen, Kristen shot J.R. I know you're you probably thinking it was probably Vaughn. Uh, what's her name? Mary Sue? Or Sue Ellen? What's her name? Hold on, let me... Miss Ellie, Vaughn. I see. I had to look this up. I don't even know if I got this information right, uh, because I was a re- I was a young kid. This was uh, the the I think 1980 when um, Jr. got shot on Dallas, and over that entire summer, I think it was for May sweeps. So it was, it was uh, Jr. got shot in May, and you had to wait until the fall. You know, till the new season in the fall to find out what the hell happened to J.R., who shot J.R. And so for that entire summer of like nineteen eighty, everyone was speculating. Who shot JR? is probably Vaughn. I think it was Vaughn. It was like, no, it was, it was, I, I think it was Kristen. Those people who was like who were on the Kristen thing, they're probably like, mm, they were smug for a year at least after that. But it was seriously. It was on magazines. It was just like everyone was talking about it. It's like speculating upon who who shot JR. And you know what? We We consumed our entertainment at a different pace back then, you know. You you couldn't in in like nineteen eighties, in like nineteen eighty, when everyone's talking about oh Jr. got shot, and they're like, and you're like, oh, everyone's talking about Jr. I better figure out what the hell this is all about. I want to speculate on who shot Jr. But you couldn't go back and binge the the previous series. You had to wait for like reruns. You had to wait for like uh, rumors you heard from somebody else who actually saw an episode that said this is why I think Vaughn is the guy who shot him. And so it's 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 way different these days, you know. If Dallas had come out today, and then all of a sudden you know they drop the you know see whatever season it was where Jr gets shot, then all of a sudden you know you're sitting there you've, you're in like three episodes and you get a text message or a a Twitter alert from some friend post and like, hashtag Dallas, hashtag uh, Jr. and you're just like, what the fuck am I even watching this season for? It was way different back then. You couldn't have spoiler alerts because nobody knew. If they did know, I'm sure that even the writers, if they had a speculation up until that point, I guarantee you the studio was like, even the the shitty-ass soap opera community, telling them it was like don't spill any of these ideas and they probably didn't even write who the culprit was until later on in the summer i'm guessing i don't know i don't know any insider ho- hollywood writers if i would i wouldn't yeah i'd probably still be here i don't be sitting there forced. to like well we have to include more women in this. we have to include less white people less straight men all these demands, they probably... I'd rather, you know, contri- uh, create at my own pace like I am right now. Anyway. Kristen shot JR. Just hoping I'm not ruining Dallas for you. So, uh, cross your fingers. Hope we have a good show today. Um I was always wondering if anyone's done any experiments when it comes to crossing your fingers. Uh, and things like that. Um Say you had, like, everyone. If everyone here... Um, uh, everyone here and within the sound of my voice, everyone crosses their fingers, everyone crosses their fingers and tries to manipulate reality with me and try to get this desired outcome, cross your fingers and say, Gavin McInnes walked through the door right now. Gavin McInnes walked through the door right now. Gavin, somebody's not crossing their fingers cause it's not happening. I think everyone has to be crossing their fingers and wishing for the same outcome. Now, I wonder if you can get the entire world to cross their fingers and wish for world peace. Do you think it would happen? I don't think it would because not everyone would obey by this rule. You know, nearly 10 billion of us on this planet. Somebody's going to be cheating. Somebody's going to be pooping at that moment. Somebody's going to be unconscious or sleeping at that moment. You know, wake up everybody around the globe. So everyone cross their fingers and wish for world peace. You can start a Kickstarter on that. You know, when I was a... Uh, I don't want to say, like, when I was a Christian. No,
1: that that would never work. Why? Because the moment that everyone was crossing their fingers and wishing for world peace, they will have achieved it in that moment.
0: Yeah. And War, then, world peace is fleeting. And then the moment would pass. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so forget that. Um, as a Christian, I went to a church where, like, they believe in, like, lay, laying on hands. And I think that there is something to this. And so I was wondering if, if God forbid, you have a family member, or a church member, who comes down with cancer. Does, Has anyone ever tried this? Where you get a bunch of people just go and they put their hands on the sick person and they just chant together. Pull the cancer out. Pull the cancer out. Pull the cancer out. And just do that for like an hour. Do you think it could work? Has anyone done any kind of test like this? um mad scientists out there do i have to be the one who comes up with this or uh, or and mad scientists probably cults cults probably experimented with this but how real, how reliable is their data how reliable is data scientific data from a cult not very right but i've always wondered is like has anyone ever tried to do this kind of research
1: so funny story the nazis actually did some really good research uh, from doing horrible horrible experiments on people that led to breakfru- breakthroughs in medical science but it's not really public talked talked about yeah very proudly by uh, by the US in particular but, but significant strides in medical breakthroughs yeah because of their experimentation
0: anyway but here's the flip side of this coin when it comes to crossing your fingers or using layin- laying on of hands like a paladin skill and, you know, pulling the cancer out of somebody. All right. You could come home from school one day and your dad's sitting there on the couch in tears. Says your mother's dead. Her spine was inexplicably, inexplicably broken. Did you or your sister step on a crack on the sidewalk at all today? So, uh, Fingers crossed. Watch those cracks, ladies and gentlemen. You love your mother, don't you? I do. But I'm stomping on cracks every day. Nothing ever happens. I'm kidding, Mom. Love you. Our one live watcher, listener. I'm sure hundreds will see this in post. Maybe like 20 years from now. <clears throat> Ugly chubby guys with bad teeth will come into like being sexy again come back around one day and then people will be like uh, flipping their bean.
1: Ricky Ricky Gervais is working on it hard, bro. Yeah. He's working on it hard. Try to
0: try to I'm bringing ugly back. <laughs> oh man. Okay, uh you ever play a game called Wing Commander Privateer? I hated the Wing Commander series. All right. I preferred I preferred X-Wing. I thought X-Wing was the shit and Tie Fighter was even better because I like the Empire more than the uh, uh, I'm a company man. I'm sorry. Um I I like the Empire more, but uh, I like Tie Fighter and I like X-Wing. And I thought those were superior co- space combat games. But Wing Commander came out with a bunch of, like, little different ones. There was, like, one called Wing Commander Academy, where you can design missions. I did have that one. And there was another one called Wing Commander Privateer, which was by far one of my favoriteest games growing up when I was, like, 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, in the early 90s, and you had to use your expanded memory. and You had to get the, the right amount of expanded memory to get the auto-exec back that file. You remember the auto-exec bat? You probably don't uh, EK, EK is not. I <laughs> oh, yeah, remember that. Oh, Config.sys, config. yeah, what a pain in the ass. Uh, uh, agreed. And so in those days, like, there was this game called Wing Commander Privateer. <clears throat> and it was by far my favorite because there was never really any kind of video game that was like a Han Solo game. Where the Han Solo is like you have your own ship, you know, maybe a crew, but in this game you didn't have a crew. You have your own ship and you could, you, could, you know, grab commodities and like sell them somewhere else. Had different systems and so forth. You know, take you could take mercenary missions. You could take uh, uh, merchant missions. They want you to like take you know take this um, tungsten, you know, or this iron, you know, to to Perry Perry uh, Naval Base. <laughs> I remember these places. We need you to take um, fifty. You no, know, like uh, we need you to take twenty prefab buildings to New Constantinople, which you know. Which was awesome, and I love that aspect of the game because you—it was a, it wasn't a linear plot line like Wing Commander games where you like do mission after mission after mission after mission, and it's all real linear and stuff like that. But in Wing Commander Privateer, you could choose like which systems you went to and like where you went, went to go, and sometimes you'd get so broke you can't even leave the system, uh, It was out of gas, or it's like or you're so damaged you can't repair it, and that every time you leave there's a bunch of there's a uh, Kilrathi patrol out there. <laughs> fucking you up and you're just i gotta i gotta i gotta reset my save game and see what i could do can i sell anything i'm gonna switch down to lasers you downgrading downgrading your weapon systems downloading your uh, electronic countermeasures so that you can you can afford repairs so you can get to the next planet and sell the uh the the 20 brilliant <laughs> Which was a drug that you could, uh, a commodity. They would have drugs as commodities. They would have pornography as commodities. Even slaves as commodities in this game, where you, um, like, and if you had illicit cargo and you went past a militia patrol, you know they could scan you and they see what your cargo is. And if you have something that's illegal, uh, unless you're going to a pirate base, if you have something that's illegal, they'll scan you and say, oh, then they'll start attacking you because they don't want any contraband on their world. Now here's the thing. I wish I was just like 200 years, born 200 years in the future to the point where there are colonies on different planets and different uh, asteroids or moons around the solar system. We could have a colony in the next couple hundred years, 200 years or so. We could have a colony on the moon where we'd launch a a large majority of our missions from because of the lower gravity and you'd take less uh, fuel. The issue is getting fuel up there. And I guess I think the idea is to terraform the moon, extract the O3, I think that's up there. And you can use that as fuel. Because that's what we use right now. It's like solid oxygen, I believe. I believe. I don't know. Do I, what, do I look like a mad scientist? Do I think I looked at looked at how to lay on hands of people? Nope. Not me. Um, and so they'll get to a point where there's a, a, you know, a, a moon colony, a Mars colony. There could be pl- little tiny colonies on different asteroids, you know, mining ore and, like, interesting new metals that we're probably going to find, you know, expanding the periodic table. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome, and there would, could be a time where private, uh, private commercial merchants could go and like, uh, I have my own ship, and I'm going to run uh, material to uh, asteroid B fifty eight B. You know, you there could come a time like that. Now I was thinking, is like, what kind of commodities would become valuable in this kind of world where where? <laughs> Where you guys, uh, something going on, people on the moon colony, they can't stay there very long because they start getting way too tall and they can't fit in the buildings anymore and they got to go like back to earth and stuff like that. And, you know, they're having some trouble, you know, getting some, um, getting the plants growing. I mean, I know we can synthesize meat right now and we could probably do that in the future. So probably foodstuffs wouldn't uh, be an issue. But how long until we are able to actually uh, like create a fruit, like a fully grown fruit? fruit so i think that fruit would be very very valuable when it comes to these colonies and stuff like that you show up with like a crate of apples or peaches i bet peaches peaches would be the shit it's like you go to the peaches um and also like say you have like uh, 50, 50 storage units in your in your cargo hold it's like you got like 50 peach peaches and the rest is earth soil you know you bring a bunch of earth soil up there and it's like now you got peach pits and soil boom and think about these commodities you can you can make a serious amount of money if you knew what you're doing if you knew what you're trading think about this there could be a point where you are uh, bringing uh, a a shipload full of worms of earthworms to mars why think about what earthworms do to soil would you when they get there would they be called mars worms what do you think they'd be called mars worms okay so you get these worms there, and they can help aerate the soil and you know, secrete their mucus or whatever that's good for plants or whatever like that. I bet there could be some guy, that could call him the Worm King. He's like, welcome to Worm King, Inc. I made a fortune on bringing earthworms to Mars. Now I got a like, 50, 50% stake in the Mar- Martian soil farm collective. <laughs> it could happen one day. It could happen one day. Or you can get like a shipment of uh, New York strip steaks. Could be shipped out there, and the and the rest of your cargo. You got a bunch of New York strip steaks, and the re- uh, New York strip steaks, and you got some uh, distillery and brewing equipment because people people are going to want to drink, right? People are going to drink up in space, so it was like, oh yeah, if you, you could probably make some money bringing up some distillery equipment. And here's the thing: I don't think that um, you know, uh, information or software. I don't think that that will be very important because I think at this point. At that point in human development, I think that there's going to be satellites around all sorts of our natural satellites and so forth. And so the Internet could be throughout the entire system. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Think about sitting there on a the Mars colony and you were like, I want to watch Netflix. And it's like, well, OK, well, you got to start downloading in the morning before you go to work. It's like, I want to watch this today, this today, this today. And then you go to work, and come back, and maybe you can start watching one while the rest are continuing to download. So I mean, the, who knows what the connection rates will be? We could be back to those old dial-up times where you got to sit there and wait. <laughs> it's like, man, this is like the nineties, the twenty nineties? No, not nineteen nineties. Damn time travelers! The um, so anyway, you got this. Uh, you got this bunch of New York strip stakes and you end up at asteroid 58B and you drop off these New York strip stakes and you're like, Oh, thanks. And then you take a bunch of their ore and you take it, bring it back to earth. You know, this rare, this rear met rare metals that, you know, they don't, doesn't exist anywhere else in the system. And you're bringing it back to earth and you're selling that for a paycheck. Next thing you know, you get communication from asteroid 58B and you get this, uh, like, uh, like a FaceTime call from this dude who's just swatting like crazy. And he goes, there was a couple of maggots, we found in the uh, in the New York Strip stakes, it could happen, and uh, now our station is over overrun with flies. Think about that. This tiny little enclosed environment on an asteroid, and the people just mining away. But all of a sudden, there's a couple of flies are to, introduced to the environment, and then all of a sudden, you get to become the Spider King. You come, you get pick up 12 different species of spiders, pack your hold full of it, and go all these different asteroids. And somehow, got some bad meat from this recall <laughs> that uh, Purdue does Purdue do steak? I don't know. What is a state company? Anyway, so some state company act, had to do a recall and ended up a couple of a uh, couple of colonies, got some of this uh, recalled meat, ended up with some maggots on some... Uh, <laughs> on some space stations. And the next thing you know, some guy's making a fortune by selling spiders to colonies. You probably also have like a bunch of uh, crates of fly swatters because you can't expect spiders to do all the work when it comes to that many flies. And... You you would you would market them though as fly fly swatter, fly swatter slash spatulas because it could come to a point where the uh, the fly swatter b- doesn't become a fly swatter anymore and because there's no more flies on the colony and so instead of uh, a column of fly swatters you could repurpose it you could sterilize it you could sterilize it and next thing you know it's a spatula I know I'm stealing a joke from Weird I you can UAHF but I don't care I think it's a funny thought I think it's a funny thought it's like um, even in Game of Thrones, they had this guy called the Onion Knight who showed up. Uh, who showed up one day? He got this. They called him the Onion Knight because he showed up one day and he had a, a, a ship full of onions, and the, the city was starving, and it saved everyone's lives. And so all of a sudden, yeah, we're making him a knight because he saved our lives and stuff like that. And there could be a world like that where some guy makes his fortune running earthworms to Mars or running, or running spiders to these infested. <laughs> imagine that the people are sleeping and they're waking they're coughing up coughing up fly carcasses <laughs> it could get bad depending on how long it takes to get from earth to the uh, asteroid asteroid colony it depends on how long it takes you know because the flies they'll keep reproducing they'll keep re- reproducing they'll find stuff flies will eat anything like human skin cells and shit they can live almost anywhere even in space. Talk about some very confused flies. And they're like, genetically, I have no idea where I am. I shouldn't. kind of expect a little more elbow room. <laughs> Even flies getting claustrophobic. Mm. Well, here we are at a little over 6.30. I'm glad I had plenty to write. I had plenty to read today. A lot of concepts. A lot of concepts. So, it's about that time to get into... The news worth knowing. Okay, so um, Joe Biden on video lashes out at Detroit worker in profanity-laced gun dispute. I got a lot of feelings right right off the bat, so uh, I'm not going to go into it. But I'm just going to read the the, the article right here. Former Vice, Vice President Joe Biden got into a heated and profanity-laced argument with a work, worker at the Fiat Chrysler auto plant in Detroit on Tuesday. That's today. After the individual accused a Democratic presidential candidate of trying to take away his Se- Second Amendment rights. You're full of shit. I support the Second Amendment, Biden shot back, stressing he's not going to take guns away. The worker t- then told Biden, You're working for me, man. And Biden's... Excuse me and told Biden that he saw an online video supporting his claim that Biden is hostile to the Second Amendment. Woo! Burpee, burpee, burpee. Biden, pointing at the individual as they were mere inches apart in the crowd, said he's not working for him and told him he not to be such a horse's as ass. <laughs> Biden, at one point, mistakenly referring AR-14s to AR-14s, <laughs> went on to press the individual to acknowledge that machine guns are illegal. By an appeared to then misspeak in saying the AR-15s are illegal before questioning why anyone needs 100 rounds. The dispute, they usually come in packs of 50. Why? Depending on the caliber, obviously, but usually they're like packed in 50. That's just two boxes. I don't know. Restrict ammo. Why don't you do that? Anyway, the, um, the dispute was caught on camera cameras everywhere these days happened at the fiat chrysler plant as biden stumped for votes in michigan the biggest prize among states voting tuesday with 125 delegates at stake biden earlier told the workers you made me a hero when i was getting a lot of heat for the bailout the rescue you guys saved management management didn't save you he also called the workers the best damn workers in the world sanders campaign manager fiaz shakir Uh, Quote tweeted a a video of the interaction from a CBS reporter on Tuesday that was shared by GOP rapid response director Steve Guest simply by saying, oh, no. That prompted a response from Simone D. Sanders, senior advisor at Biden campaign. That's weird. Said this was uh, this was predictable. Ooh. Biden was previously criticized for apparently offering former presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke a gun control role in his administration in a pre-Super Tuesday rally. O'Rourke said last year on the campaign trail, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s, your AK-47. Quote, I want to make something clear. I'm going to guarantee you this is not the last you're seeing of this guy. This is what Biden said of O'Rourke. Uh, you're going to take the gun problem with me. You're going to take on the gun. Care, uh, you're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. He said, O'Rourke, uh, I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. We need you badly." Um. So yeah, this guy in Michigan, in Detroit. Detroit's liberal as fuck, but people still want to have their guns. You know, it doesn't matter how liberal you are as a person. You should have the right to defend yourself. You should have a mutant mind and be able to shoot mind bullets at people. But if you can't do that, there are regular bullets you could shoot at people. And here's the point, you know, Biden, associ- his association what he said with O'Rourke that does concern people who are moderate, moderate liberals who don't want their guns taken away. And a lot, even a lot of those moderate liberals are scared when Beto O'Rourke was like, hell yes, we're going to take your guns away. It was like, whoa, pal, over my cold dead body. You know, and these are like, it's like, I love Obama, like serious liberals who are like, no, that's where I draw the line. Now, I, Biden is just gaff after gaff after gaff after gaff, And it is really sad. People need to quit shoving him out there. I feel so bad for this guy. I mean, it was fun making. I've been making fun of him for a long time. You know, because, I mean, creepy Uncle Joe, you know, like sniffing girls' hair and like, like biting his wife's finger when she's pointing. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like the little hairs on my leg, they, they pop out and the kids like to jump on my lap and shit. This is like, this dude's head is not in the game. He's not in the game. I'm not saying that Bernie is better. I just know that Tulsi Gabbard is sitting there. It's like, seriously? Hello? People are like, oh, the women are out of the contest. It's... Tulsi Gabbard is just waving her hands like crazy. It's not right. I'm conservative, but I try to stay in the middle. Clowns to the left of me. jokes to I'd like to stay in the middle as much as I can, you know? Why aren't they giving Tulsi Gabbard anyway? Biden's losing it. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, he lost it years ago when Russia gave him a shitload of cheddar. Guarantee that's where his money's from. Anyway, let's talk about Corey Feldman for a second. Um, anyway, Corey Feldman distraught after Rape of Two Coreys film uh, No Shows Online. Quote, everybody here saw what happened. Um I, I out, You saw what happened?
1: I, I I was looking for it and couldn't wasn't able to use yeah. the error four o four. it got taken yeah.
0: down. Yeah. So this is from Los Angeles. Corey Feldman was supposed to release a new documentary on Monday intended to bring to light the names of the Hollywood players who allegedly molested and raped him in his late childhood and his late childhood buddy Corey Hain when they were kids. However, Despite tireless, tirelessly promoting and hyping up the worldwide live stream of My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys, and simultaneously screening the film at the Directors Guild of America in Los Angeles on Monday, Feldman's flick never made it to Act One online as users immediately began reporting that they were receiving blank screens and infinite loading issues. For $20? For $20? Viewers could log on to mytruthdoc.com and were promised the full documentary uh, on the live stream at 11 p.m., which would be followed by a Q&A panel afterwards, and then a second screening on Tuesday afternoon. While awaiting the live stream, uh, while awaiting the online stream to activate, Feldman tweeted from within the theater at the DGA: "The film is starting in 15 minutes late. is starting 15 minutes late due to the website crashing, which is actually a good thing." All in caps. All in caps. Once again, the film was met with technical difficulties after a brief conference with viewers and attendants. The decision was made to screen the film and deal with the repercussions later, Feldman told the pack room. After about 18 minutes, Feldman and company stopped the film and told attendees that the site uh, where the documentary was being hosted was under attack by hackers, preventing the world from seeing the film. Feldman spoke with Fox News. Feldman smoked with Fox News in the lobby. He he smoked with Fox News in the lobby at the DJ. (laughs) Play these fucking hackers, bro. <laughs> he spoke with Fox News in the lobby of the DGA following the film's closing and made it a point to address those who had paid to watch the documentary, only to be met with blank screens and numerous error messages. Quote, Well, everybody that was here saw what happened, so I don't think that there's any confusion there. He said, lamenting the fact that a very small portion of people got to see the film. I don't know how uh, we're going to get people to see the film. We got to solve that problem first. Yes, some people have seen the film, and but the world who's waiting... Uh, has not seen the film as far as I know. So I gotta, I, I've got to really get to the bottom of it. Find out how we get this back online and how we get it to stream tomorrow properly at 12 o'clock without being hacked. Ugh, the way this guy talks is weird. Uh, the, the willing whistleblower said he would be, uh, lo- will, be, will likely begin working on alternate, alternative methods to allow uh, those who paid their hard-earned money to be able to ingest it, even if it means renting out theater space in order to show the movie. If we find we cannot stream it without being hacked, then we're going to have to field, uh, field distribution officers who are going to figure out how to exactly get this thing, you know, picked, picked up so they can play theatrically, said Feldman. I mean, it looks great in a theater, right? There's no reason why it can't be played in theaters because the country, uh, maybe we take the, the money and we four-wall theaters. I don't know. We got to figure it, uh, figure it out. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, so here's the thing. Yeah, I believe that somebody could have hacked, hacked them to try to get this, get, prevent this from keeping it out. However, it's it's twenty dollars, and I think that that's, that's kind of high for a movie. I think that if you if you're trying to get the truth out there, I would make it free. If you if justice is truly your concern, I wouldn't try to monetize your childhood trauma. And I think that that has really kind of um, jaded my perspective of Corey Corey Feldman. Um, and and even his deceased friend, Corey Hain. I mean, the idea of Charlie Sheen raping you in between a couple of trailers, that's terrifying. Today as well as back then. Lucas, that was a good film, man. Corey, Corey, Corey Hain, like, kept it together. Love that film. You've seen that, right, Lucas? No, only my generation has the kind of people who played privateer, wing commander privateer. I've seen it. All right. So we're going to talk about racism for a second. In this news article. And so my question is, I'm just before before I read the story is when and where do you make your stand? A former Olive Garden employee considering legal action after customer was provided with a quote server that wasn't black. Now, I don't know if you've been following the story. I have. I've certainly been interested in it because I'm just like, wow, really? Uh, one of two Olive Garden employees uh, who were targeted during an alleged incident of racial discrimination at an Evansville, Indiana restaurant may be considering legal action, uh, an Indiana law firm has confirmed. Um, Amira Donahue, who has since resigned from Olive Garden in Evansville, Uh, was working as a hostess on February 29th when she allegedly observed a female customer request a cup of water from, quote, a server that wasn't black. The restaurant's manager acquiesced to the woman's demand, Donahue said. Olive Garden later fired the manager, who provided a non-black server for the customer, but Donahue resigned this past weekend, claiming she has faced harassment and retaliation by her co-workers and superiors after speaking out about the incident. According to Danks and Danks Law Firm, which is now representing Donahue, Danks and Danks, Dang. I I would I would definitely hire somebody called Danks and Danks. <laughs> it's like no, I don't think, I don't even think something racist happened. I just want to say I have Danks and Danks on retainer. <laughs> it's all thanks to
1: Danks and Danks.
0: It's all thanks to Danks and Danks. <laughs> That's your late night commercial.
1: Where did you hear about Danks and Danks? <laughs>
0: Where did you hear about Danks and Danks? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's a, I don't know. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> Trying to get my mo- mouth around. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. God, that was such a good show. Um, anyway, uh, Amira did her best, this is a quote, did her best to overcome the adversity at Olive Garden, but her environment had become intolerable. The final straw happened yesterday evening when Amira uh, overheard a coworker say black people would do anything for money... And I don't like her, according to a Facebook post shared by Danks and Dakes on Saturday. I think that this coworker was referring to the fact that she's suing. And that's kind of uh, a little racist there, too. Um, the law firm stopped short of confirming whether or not they're planning to file a lawsuit on Donahue's behalf, but ended their message with a promise to fight for Amira and hold Olive Garden responsible. Danks and Danks also asked other employees with similar experience to come forward. The firm has since told WFIE that they filed a claim with an Equal Opportunity Employment Commission before uh, possible legal action. Donahue first spoke out about the 29, uh, 29 February incident last week, telling WEHT that the customer stood in the middle of the restaurant and started screaming at me, quote. She added that the woman continued to make further comments about her, saying that she should, quote, go work in a strip club and inquiring as to whether or not She was black or from America Quote unquote Working a strip club Are you actually quote unquote black Are are you actually from America Jesus At the time Donahue was still working at the Olive Garden and She said she was still hurting from the incident Quote I would never expect it to be so apparent In public like it's 2020 Not 1920 And I feel like it should take more than social media To get a problem like this out out there Donahue told W-E-H-T now, like I said at the beginning, it's like the question is when and where do you make your stand? Now, obviously, I think obviously I think is that the manager should not have acquiesced to um, somebody asking for a non-black server. Um, if somebody like that, I I understand racist money is still money. I get that. And I understand that you know Olive Garden is a chain and they probably have special rules for this. I don't know if they do or not. And yeah, I'm glad the manager was fired. But it's I mean, and that's where the, the point of where they should have stood up is. It's like if somebody comes to you and you're a manager of an olive garden, you and somebody says, Can I get a server that isn't black? I'm gonna have to ask you to leave, sir, or ma'am. It sounds probably like a woman. Only women complain like this. The uh the um, and I think that's the where the point where the battle should have been fought, and we're going to have to ask you to leave. We're not going to serve you. Now I don't know if you own a business or anything like that, and if you or have ever owned a business, but if you you have the right to, you have the you reserve the right not to serve people. All right, and I think this comes down to even those people who are like bitches, like they won't make us a gay cake. I have the right not to serve you if I don't want to, you know, and I don't have the right to serve you if you're racist. You know, I've, I reserve the right not to serve you for saying something so ridiculous. I and mean, he's like, we live in this real world. We live in a true Western society where we are truly tolerant. Don't let anyone, don't let these leftists, don't let these uh, people tell you that, like where there's some horrible racists everywhere. It's not, it's not like that. People like me read the story and they're like, I can't believe this is still happening. I can't believe that the manager didn't step, step up and say, hey, I don't care how much money you got or how much money you plan on spending, get the fuck out. But then there would be a lawsuit. The customer would then cause a lawsuit. Why is everyone so fucking litigious? Anyway, let's get into something funnier. Let's get into something something a little funnier, and something that's stranger than fiction. So let me just uh, read the uh, <laughs> read the headline and let you let it stir around in your brain for a second. Pig swallows and poops pedometer sparks farm fire. How do you not click on that headline? How do you not? <clears throat> anyway, I am not going to... Jesus, Fox News. I use Fox News, and it's like, the, oh, the first sentence has always got to be a joke. Talk about saving the bacon, you assholes. Anyway, firefighters in the UK were recently called to a fire in the pig pen that started in one of the, in the strangest of circumstances. Ugh, now we got to deal with the Fire and Rescue Services joke. Fire and Rescue Service quipped on their Twitter Saturday, quote, should be an oink, not a tweet. Tadcaster, Nars Bororo. What the fuck? Tadcaster and K-N-A-R-E-S-B-O-R-O R-O-U-G-H. Is it a name? Naris Bororo? What the fuck talking? Why did why do you gotta why do you gotta give a special name to every ten feet in England? The fucking middle earth over there. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, these Tadcaster and Narboroughs or uh, crews, uh, fire crews, attended a fire to four pigeons near Bramham. What the fuck? The fire at the northern, uh, the f- the, f- the fire at the farm in northern e- England was caused by a battery-powered pedometer that was carried by one of the one of the pigs in order to prove it was free range, according to the firefighters. The pedometer was swallowed and then defecated by one of the other pigs, sparking the fire. Did it have to come out before it started? I don't know. Why didn't... What if the pig burned up? Ugh. Anyway, quote, After nature has taken its course, it is believed that the copper from the batteries reacted to the pig pen's contents in conjunction with the dry bedding igniting, ignited burning approximately 75 square meters of hay. That's a lot. That's a lot of hay. Um... A hose reel was used to extinguish the fire and save the bacon. Really? It's Like, even the social media director of the fire department shouldn't be making jokes. I'm, I'm sorry. Am I wrong in thinking that if you're, if you work for fire and rescue, you shouldn't be making jokes on Twitter? I don't know. Just it doesn't seem to be in your wheelhouse. I don't think that's a skill you should have to be a firefighter. Anyway. Images tweeted by Russell Jenkinson, a crew manager of North Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Service. That's easy. See, that's easy. North Yorkshire. Showed firefighters dealing with the incident. No pigs were harmed in the Bazaar Fire. They got lucky then. (laughs) Somebody out there is counting pig steps. Can you believe that? Counting pig steps. But just to prove that it, it's free range and it's not being cruelly treated. It's a fucking pig that'll eat a pedometer. Anyway, I'm going to move on to this next story. Uh, Chick fil A drive thru worker who went viral shares why he's so positive to every person. A beloved Chick fil A employee said one interaction with a troubled customer changed the way he treats everyone. Jeremiah Morrill. A drive-thru worker at Chick-fil-A in Wilmington, North Carolina, known for his super friendly service and that puts smiles on faces, recalls one day when he talked to a woman in line out of ending her own life. Quote, this never happened to me before and I had no idea like how to respond, but I stayed calm and I was like, you know what, let me just talk to her and make sure this doesn't happen, he told Good Morning America. Little moments, he continues, little moments like a smile can really change your day. Morill's motto, inspired by Superman and Batman, is quote, always do the right thing, no matter what. He said, I'm always, I always say I'm a superhero just with an invisible cape. Sorry. That, that gets me every time I read it. The loyal customers, including to- Toya Lyles, forgive me if I'm misspelling, mispronouncing your names, certainly agree. She posted this video of him. He's just the <laughs> Like the greatest Chick fil A guy ever. Uh, quote, the world needs more people like Jeremiah, Lyles told uh, Fox News. His po- positive attitude and his exhilarating spirit can brighten anyone's day. Merrill, one of five siblings employed by the Wilmington location, got more kids than Mrs. Wayans, uh, told WWAY he hopes to one day own a franchise and plans to continue serving the community. Oh, yeah, that guy's going to get promoted for sure. Definitely. Uh, I'm so humbled, this is Merrill said quote i am so humbled by the attention this video is receiving um i just want to help people in any way i can so seeing someone's day transformed by a little kindness is amazing i love that chick-fil-a affords me the opportunity to make a positive impact on people's lives you're going places, bro. <laughs> You're going places. You know, a lot of people look at a job. There's tons of millennials these days that look at it like a job, like a Chick-fil-A, like fast food kind of job, where you just like it's like I, you know I can phone it in. And it's like who gives a shit, you know, X, you know seven dollars an hour. Who gives a shit? Eight, what do they get? I don't know, like eight, seven, eight dollars an hour around there. A lot of them go don't give a shit. And I think that that's a problem. I think that's definitely a problem when it comes to the service industry. But even here in our town, I'm sure even in your town, you have somebody at one of these fast food places somewhere that really gives their job 100%. There's a Burger King not too far away from here. And there is a guy that he's always upbeat, and he's, always, he's very much like this kid, you know, very upbeat, and he's taking his job seriously and trying to give you the best experience possible, even if it's the shittiest fast food joint that ever existed. There are tons of hard-charging hard, hard charging people out there that want to do well in life. And people like this need to be celebrated. They need to be put forward. It's like, this is how you do your shitty job. I do a shitty job, and I try to do it well. I'm not—this is why I love this guy, Is like because he has superpowers that I don't have. I don't have patience to deal with people. I, I'm not very talkative. Um, you've seen me. I've had like 15 guests on this show—15 uh, co-hosts on this show, and I've got them all to quit— you know, because I'm impossible. I'm impossible to work with. I'm super demanding. I was I was like 30 seconds before the show started. I was almost about to yell at EK for not starting on the click of six o'clock. But I couldn't, I don't think we could have fought all the way through the first 15 minutes of the show. So here's my point. Even if you have a shitty job, you do it well. You do it well. And I mean, I'm, I wish I could be the kind of guy who's, the kind of guy I worked at the drive-through i worked i worked in a fast food restaurant for a while that were remain unna- uh, unnamed and they thought that you know because i'm uh I, I guess i got a good voice and uh that i would be good at like the drive-through taking orders and stuff like that it's like oh i'm horrible with people i'm so horrible with people i don't i don't pick up on like social clues and like stuff like that and then i just i'm going on my own narrative and it was like so you don't want pickles on that or you know thinking what i want on the burger they're ordering and so uh (laughs) and so i ended up being just yeah we'll just put you on the line hide you in the back and that's kind of where i belong in a kind of food service industry is in the back i could i could put some ear 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 pods in or something like that and just do repetitive tasks wash dishes and stuff like that i'm good at stuff like that repetitive tasks i'm really good at really good at really good at really good at This guy's going places. So God bless you, sir. And I bet you town, you're in your town, there's one guy at one of these fast food places that is just killing it. That makes people drive away saying it's like that guy needs a promotion. That guy, that's that's kind of that's kind of employee at a Burger King or Chick-fil-A that you go to their website and it's like I don't I'll sign up for all your emailing lists and stuff because it's a nightmare to sign up for that shit. I just I miss those days where you just pull something off, it was like a free Stuff instead you got to go to a website and shit like that and give them your email address so they can track you. Anyway, only a couple minutes left in the show, so I want to talk about Tim Tebow. Uh, he said Tim Tebow said he'd rather be known for saving a lot of babies than winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Excuse me, burp. Uh, former NFL count quarterback Tim Tebow. Said that he'd rather be uh, known for saving babies from abortion than for achi- his achievements. Oh, excuse me. Than for his achievements on the field. Tebow, a Christian athlete who is currently a professional baseball player, spoke to an audience of about uh, 1,200 pro-lifers at a fo- fo- football-themed banquet for Kansa- Kansans for Kansans for Life earlier this Monday, according to National Rights Right to Life News. Quote, it really does mean more, more than winning the Super Bowl. Tebow, who won Heisman Trophy and led his team to two college national championships, told the crowd, one day, when you look when you look back and people are talking about you and they say, oh my gosh, what are you going to be known for? Are you going to say the Super Bowl or we saved a lot of babies? So it just goes to show you, Super Bowl, uh, football is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who wins. Any sport, it doesn't matter who wins. If you're saving lives, that matters. You know? That Morel guy at Chick-fil-A, if he talked one person out of a suicide, he'd done way more than Tim Tebow. But I think he'd lose in a fight to Tim. The, the issue of abortion is part, personal, is a personal part of T Bone's own story, as his mom shared in a two, uh, 2010 Super Bowl commercial for Focus on the Family, calling him her miracle baby. He recounted that story at the pro-life banquet. You see, my mom, 32 years ago, ago, had doctors tell her she needed to abort me because if she didn't, she was go- it was going to cost her her life. And they didn't even believe that I was, that I was a baby. They thought I was a tumor. But he added, when, when I was born, they found that the placenta wasn't actually attached. So the doctor looked at my mom after 37 years of being a doctor and said, this is the biggest miracle I've ever seen because I'm not sure how he's alive. That's a very good point. I am so grateful for that my mom... Trusted God with my life and her life. Tebow, 32, whose name means to honor God, shared how his parents prayed that uh, that he, he would be a preacher, but instead got a quarterback. <laughs> but the man who was mocked for Tebowing, uh, 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 mocked for Tebowing, aware in John 3, 16 on the eye, Black has been a preacher in his own right. What the hell? Jiggle the mouse there for me but the man who was mocked for T-bowing and wearing uh, John 3.16 on his eye black has been a preacher in his own right. Okay, I get it now. Quote, what you're doing here matters, he concluded. You're fighting for life. You're fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. And my question is to you, are you willing to stand up in the face of persecution, in the face of adversity, in the face of criticism, when other people are going to say it's not worth it, and when other people won't stand beside you? Yes, Tim! Yes, Tim, I'll follow you! I'm coming, Tim! I got got to finish my show first. Sorry, I got to finish my show first. Yeah, so um, here's the point. It's like, uh, I think that that's great. I know you may have different opinions about abortion, but I'm, I'm, for one, am pro-life. I am against baby killing. And I'm glad that we got people who are coming out, like these celebrities that are being more bold. These conservative celebrities are being more bold. It's not just James Woods and Norm MacDonald anymore. You know, you're getting some real, real people like Justin Bieber, Kanye West, Tim Tebow. You're getting these real people who are standing up for their conservative beliefs, and I think that that's great. I think Saving Baby Lives is always great. It's 7 o'clock. We got other shows coming up on FXPG Public Radio. I have to tell you that if you want all of our content... All of our video content, all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Three bucks a month Get you access to everything behind the paywall. So like all of our video content, like even some special stuff that I've done extra from our shows that I put on podcasts. Be sure to go to my YouTube channel, search for the madman lowercase, that's three words. Madman is one, is one word, is denoting insanity, not anger. And lowercase is actually the word lowercase, L-O-W-E-R-C-A-S-E the madman lowercase, or to search search for shock monkey radio and tell your friends, tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast because it is hilarious. And I talk about crazy, stupid shit all the time, all the time. Now I'm going to go shut up for a week. I'm the madman and I love you.